Hey everyone, welcome to Minimally Millennial. I'm Shelby. And I'm JP. This is a podcast for young millennials who are navigating their way through adulthood for the first time. If you're like us and have days where you ask yourself, how did I get here? And what am I supposed to do next? Then you're in the right place. So follow us along as we uncover the things they didn't teach us in school, including everything from how to write a check to how to be a boss babe. Together, we will unlock the secrets of adulting and try to answer the question, why did nobody tell me this shit? Let's get started. We want to preface this episode by letting you all know you may notice a difference in our sound quality. We were having some technical difficulties. However, we didn't want to take away from the importance of the content that's going to be released on today's episode, so we are moving forward. So we hope you all stay tuned and continue to listen in today. All right, everybody, welcome back to Minimally Millennial. It's been a good week. If you haven't been following us on social media, a little tidbit, I am in person in Atlanta with Shelby this week. (laughs) So I got to literally experience hot Atlanta. (laughs) But I'm in town for the pancreatic cancer walk. A lot of people have probably been impacted by pancreatic cancer. Um, and we're going to talk about it, how it's impacted both me and Shelby in this episode today. And it's going to take a little bit of different structure, but we hope you all enjoy. Shelby, can you tell us a little bit about pancreatic cancer? Yeah. So pancreatic cancer has the highest mortality rate of all the major cancers. And although it doesn't get a ton of press per se, it is currently the third leading cause of cancer-related death in the United States after lung and colon cancer. For all stages combined, the five-year survival rate is only 11%. And even for the small percentage, about 13% of people diagnosed with local disease, the five-year survival rate is only 42% of all the cancers. So it doesn't get a lot of, like I said, press out there for awareness and symptom checking and pre-checks like you see for some other types of cancers, but it is, you know, very impactful and a very traumatic disease when it occurs. We were able to walk 5K this weekend for the PanCan organization. It was just incredible to see the amount of people out there just in Atlanta doing the walk that have been impacted somehow by pancreatic cancer. So today we wanna talk about how it's, like I said, impacted us. Um, And I wanna start with Shelby, if you can emphasize why this is important to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously we're kind of taking a different shift in this episode to talk more about pancreatic cancer specifically because it's directly affected both JP and I's life. But overall, we wanted this too to be, especially stemming from my story about the loss of a parent um, for this episode, because it's impacted so many people that we know, not just cancer related, but just the general loss of a parent. So I lost my mom about five years ago to pancreatic cancer. You know, it's, it's been, you know, I wouldn't say a unique experience because unfortunately I feel like a lot of people, especially people our age that have lost a parent in some sort of traumatic way or another has been impacted and affected to something in a way that will affect them the rest of their life. But, you know, it was a very difficult time for my family um, and for myself. And obviously our mom, she also, she, like I said, ultimately lost her battle with it, but we really wanted to focus on that today to try to reach some other people that maybe have had similar experiences. Yeah, it's pancreatic cancer. I can't even imagine what you went through watching your mom fight her battle with it. Um, I remember when I was, I was just like 12 years old, 
when we lost our family friend to pancreatic cancer as well. And it's, I mean, it's tough to watch. And um, so I want to shout out to the Knuckles who uh, have been tremendous in my life. Um, and happy birthday to Mr. Carlos. But today's episode is mostly focused. I want Shelby to share with our listeners what she's gone through um, by raising awareness of pancreatic cancer, but also touching those who've also lost a parent. So since your mom has passed, where have you seen the biggest change in your life? I think, you know, the biggest thing, especially when you're our age, when you see you know, I feel like at some point everyone's expected, like you expect to lose your parent. You just don't expect when you imagine you're there in their old age, you're in their old age, you've learned everything you can learn from them. But I feel like the two biggest aspects that it's affected directly is it definitely has affected our family dynamic. You know, I've always said, I felt like the mom was our glue for our family and it was tough for us. You know, we've obviously come back from it as well, but it was it's tough to lose an integral part of a family unit that way, especially when it feels too soon. It never feels like the right time to lose a parent, but whether they're younger or older, it's just a hole that's never going to be filled in this filled in the same way. But I think that was the biggest change is realizing, you know, even this is something in the back of our minds, we always think will happen eventually when you're not prepared for it. You're like, I didn't learn everything I could learn from them what are the things they're going to miss? And like, how's my family going to change? Because you're losing this integral piece of the puzzle of your family. And you are an adult, like when this happened, which I could not imagine as like a child. Why? I mean, I think it's challenging in different ways. Um, but you were at such a, like a chapter in your life where you really never expected it to come. And I would like to hear a little bit more about what you have done to try to process it as an adult. That's a work in progress. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a good question because, you know, the one thing I want to say to anyone out there who's recently lost a parent who, you know, any, any grief in general, but obviously we're talking specifically about the loss of a parent in this episode. But the one thing I would say to people is as far as the processing part goes, it goes in different phases it feels okay some days, some days it feels like a tidal wave. That'll never change. You just get better at dealing with it, I guess is a better term. I remember talking to, you know, another person in my life who had recently lost their father a couple of years ago. And he asked me, he's like, does it ever get better? And I said, no, you, you just grow around it. I think we talked a little about this yesterday after the walk. You just grow around that change in your life, but it's definitely, it's obviously not only impacted the way that I interact with the world without her here because there's so many times you know I wish I could like ask her for advice or you know we were at this stage whenever we lost her that especially for us we were right off the cusp of having that like a mother teenage daughter relationship and we were just starting to grow a really deep bond so you know there's always the what if but to never forget you know what they did bring to your life and how they'd want to live your life and I think the biggest process part for me that has been a blessing and a challenge is it was a realization that the life that we have is not permanent. I mean, even with loss before this, you know, that we've had in our life, it never changed in, this, in the way of seeing someone go too soon. And we have had 
people in our life too, that we've all said have gone too soon, but there's something about the realization that the life that we have is not permanent. It just, it, it goes and it goes in waves. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no textbook. And then I think the most interesting thing is watching everyone in my family go through it differently. You know, I can only speak to my experience, but just from observing, watching everybody handle it completely different situations and knowing that, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you have also parent know that whatever way you're doing it is okay. Not a right way or a wrong way to do it. How has it helped having your sister in your life? I know you guys are very close. Well, I mean, I don't think I've talked about her this much on this podcast thus far, but I mean, she's my best friend, like the most important person in my life to me. And I feel so lucky that even though we've been through this traumatic thing, we've had, we have each other because ultimately no one else is going to understand it. Even if you have other friends that have been in similar situations, no one's going to understand it like your family can. And, you know, I hope anybody listening does have the support of their family when going through something like this. But, you know, something that I regret from the get-go is I wish we would have talked about it more. We're both getting better at it now. I think my style initially, I think dealing with it was more avoidant in nature because it made it feel easier. And a lot, I think a lot of people saw it as strength or, you know, what have you, but the strength, I think going through any grieving process is to greet, like let yourself grieve. And that's not the easiest thing to do. We were talking about it some yesterday. I use the analogy that sometimes I feel like grief is like a gentle staircase. And sometimes I feel like if you miss a step, it's going to turn into a slide straight to the bottom. I've seen a lot of people in other situations that have had that slope and I've seen people come back out of even stronger, but I think having the support of her and our family is the only way we were able to get through it. Because even though with cancer, it's, it's something that's always in the back of your mind. You never think that it's going to happen. You want to have hope. The logic part of your mind knows that this is not a good road to go down. Everything you read knows what the outcome is going to be, but it doesn't prepare you any more or less. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear the debate back and forth between, you know, do we think it's better to have that anticipation and feel like it's going to come or to have it happen out of the blue. And I just think it's hard either way. There's no way, there's no way to really tell because your mind wants to have hope for it. Nobody wants to just accept ultimately it ended up being the outcome, even as it happened. Do you wish, um, I know this is going to be a hard question over the last five years, if you could help Shelby, you know, that first year process this, what would you do? Because you said there's no right way, no wrong way. Mm-hmm. But what advice would you give to her to try to help heal? I think I would have told her not to run away from it, to talk to people about it, let them see you with it. I think, especially in that first year, I wish someone could have told me because I remember feeling right after everything happened, I felt uncomfortable with the amount of empathy and love that we were getting, even though in, in my mind, I knew it was a good thing. I felt really uncomfortable. And I wish I would have told her to almost lean into that help a little bit because it's not hard having people come into your life, even though it feels very overwhelming at the time. It's hard when people stop. And I would tell her that people will stop. And that that's okay. You know, people do move on with their lives, even though it's something that's going to change you. People do move on. But to let yourself have that time in whatever way you see fit, but know that eventually people will stop talking about it. People will stop asking, but know that it's important to check in with yourself and the people that are really close to you and do know your story to continue to process it after that initial intense grieving phase when you have to go to a funeral and everyone's, that's the only thing it seems like everybody can talk about. And the only thing everybody wants to ask you about and it becomes such a big part of your identity at that time that you can't get away from it. Because I remember wanting to go back to work and wanting no one to ask you about it. I was like, I want to come back and just work and not think about it. But you can't, you can't run away from it like that. It becomes part of your story. And I think embracing part of that story is really important. 
when you feel ready to, if that was something that I would tell, I think younger me and to, to talk to, like to talk to your family about it. If you need to see someone, see someone, but talk to them about it and don't let the memories go just because they're gone. It's interesting. You say that you wanted people to kind of go back to normal because I think after a death, that's there's also, you know, the other end of it, you feel like the world should be stopping and focusing on this, but yet somehow it keeps spinning after you lose someone. Did you experience that or you, you feel like you were still the opposite way? I felt like I was the opposite way at first because all I wanted, now granted, I think in some, in some areas it might've been easier for me because I lived away. So it's easier to almost run away from, you know, that initial grieving process and not similar to my family who stayed in, you know, who's obviously in our childhood home and all these different things and had to live in it every day. I didn't have, I didn't have that. So it was easier to avoid it in the way of, you know, I wanted the world to keep going because I didn't want what had happened to have had happened. And then once I came to my own conclusion, like, wait, I do want the world to stop. I want to acknowledge this. It was almost, it almost felt like it was too late because it was probably a year or so later. Like it was after that first year before I realized like should probably like feel this or talk about it over the past few years it's been a continual process to let it happen piece by piece yeah I think I still feel the opposite way and then once I realized I wanted that initial like world stop let's talk about it let's feel it it was I felt like I was steps behind everyone else and had already felt it and started to let their world go back to normal because ultimately you find a new normal which is I think a hard realization too to know that eventually there will be a new norm and there will be new people that come into your life you know my dad got remarried and she's wonderful. They love each other and treat each other well. Um, but it's, it's always hard to know that, you know, life's going to go on, even for the people that you love, no matter how much you want them to have that happiness It's always hard. It's okay to accept the new norms and not try to push them away. I know I did that for a long time too. And ultimately, you know, especially when it comes to, I think spouses or other people close, I always think, you know, the people that we lost wouldn't want us to not marry again, love again, live life. I truly think that like I said, anybody that we lose wouldn't want us to stop enjoying our life here because, again, they showed us that it was temporary. In the sense of you want to preserve the, her place. And so when we go back to this new or not go for, move forward into this new normal, I imagine it could feel like you were replacing what was there versus honoring what was there. That's not easy. And I think you give a good piece of advice though to say that they would want us to continue moving forward. They don't want you to stop living life. They want you to feel love. They want you to live your best life. Shelby uh, did a, when we first met, it was our, fall of 2018 Mm -hmm. and it had been a year Mm -hmm. since she passed and now we've now been friends for four or five years and I have seen you this you go through this processing phase like there it's literally not linear we talk about her death and how you've processed it more I'd say in the last year and a half than we did when we lived near each other for that first year and a half Mm -hmm. and I want you to talk about uh your humor avoidance style (laughs) no it's coming (laughs) I mean it's a general thing I I feel like any tragedy or anything that happens in my life like the biggest 
the easiest way for me to go through it is just to find some humor in it, even in unhumorous situations. But as me and JP have talked, it's not that the situations are ever funny. It's that sometimes feeling those feelings to their depth all the time is just not sustainable. And I think as we move forward and as we grow as humans, we're able to look back on grief and things that have happened to us in a different light than when you're in the thick of it and you're literally just trying to keep your head above water. Unfortunately, there's many different life rafts to keep up with the same metaphor that people use. And unfortunately, there's more negative ones and positive ones. You know, there are people that lean to alcohol or drug abuse or substance abuse to keep their heads above water in a time of like desperation. You know, as long as you're not doing harm to yourself or to other people around you, I think it's also really important to understand that your life raft may look different than someone else's. Like, you know, I think my sister and I use humor to help get us through it, but it would never be the same way that I would talk to someone else in my family about it because I know it's not the same way that they process it. So I think that's another piece of advice, kind of going back to the first question that I would give is try to as best as you can understand the way you need to get yourself through it. Just like an airplane, put your mask on first. And then when you're able to do that, understand that it might look different for someone else. And even if they're going through the same situation, it could look completely different. Like it looks different for myself, my sister, my dad, my grandparents, you know, her family, my brother, it all looks different for all of us. And even though we can relate on a similar experience, none of us experienced it the same way. At least from what I can tell, obviously I can't attest to their first accounts of their processing or their grief, but just from my perspective of looking at them in the conversation, some of the conversations we've had. And how's therapy helped you move through this? You know, I would love to sit here and tell you that I go into therapy, you know, and we talk about it and we get to the root of the problems, but it's still something even in therapy that I have a hard time talking about. I mean, even doing this episode today isn't super easy, but I felt like because it's not something I talk about often, I want someone to hear this and feel heard because it is so much easier just to like push it aside and not let it, not let this tragic incident that happened define you, even though it definitely does. Like I said, I would like to sit here and, you know, we're all about therapy. We talked about it before, but I would like to sit here and say that it's made miraculous differences, but ultimately it comes down to like what you are willing to be vulnerable and open about with the people in your life and how accepting you're going to be of that vulnerability to someone else, because that is extremely difficult. Like I, we've talked about this before. I get so awkward when it comes up in conversations. I have no idea how someone asks, like, what do your parents do? Mm. I just avoid it until someone directly asks because I have no idea how to bring it up. I almost get hesitant meeting new people to ask about their families because I don't want them to return the question. Not that I don't, not that I'm not proud of my family or want to talk about them, but it's, I feel like it goes one or two ways where I just avoid the question entirely or I just circumvent, you know, talking, talking about it. Like I said, it's, it's honestly incredibly uncomfortable. There's no easy way to go around it. And there's no rule book. There's no way to say, you know, there's a proper way, but obviously before COVID to greet someone. Hi, my name is, shake their hand. It's nice to meet you. Mm -hmm. There's no way to say like, this traumatic thing happened to me. You're going to find out about it probably pretty soon (laughs) getting to know me and I can do nothing about it. Cause I mean, even as much as I, I know my sister and I do a lot of like, at least on social media, trying to promote, especially during pancreatic cancer awareness month in November for this walk, we raise money. It's almost like it's a second hand. I put it up there and I don't really think about the fact until afterwards, like even after the walk, I was like, man, we put all this stuff about the walk. And now all these people that are on social media know this deep thing about me talking about it on the podcast, not realizing how vulnerable it is for everybody to be able to hear it, but there's no way to help someone else. We don't talk about it. We don't have conversations, just like any difficult thing in your life. If you can't talk about it, you have nothing you can't talk about with yourself, with your family, with your friends. How are you ever supposed to unpack the way it makes you feel? Because 
That shit is a very tight Pandora's box. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's one thing I, I repeat to you a lot is the power of vulnerability. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a girl, Brene Brown. She taught me that. Not my girl, you know, hopefully. Listen to her TED talk, though. It's great. You listened to it? Yeah, it's yes, so good. It's awesome. Uh, but you, I feel like you still struggle with that vulnerability piece. Oh, it's extremely hard. Even when things that aren't that vulnerable, like sarcasm and humor is the way I get through my day-to-day life. Even things that like aren't hard, that's the way I do it. So when someone asks me a serious question, I'm like, what do you mean? Because like I said, it's been five years now. It could be five years, 10 years, 20 years. It's never going to get easier to talk about. You just learn to do it. So that's a way to say, you know, it doesn't get easier. You just learn how to do it in a way that makes you not crawl out of your skin. (laughs) And I think hearing that, hopefully people can relate to it and then okay you kind of you you, because sometimes I would imagine you're just waiting for the day it's going to get easier doesn't necessarily get easier but I think for the first few years I waited for it to feel better I was like it'll just get better I mean it's not the same anyways but any other things that you feel like are kind of losses in your life even they're more minor losses like a breakup or like you and a friend have a breakup things like that in the back of my mind I always know it's like well that'll feel better they will become like a memory and it won't be anything more than that. But when someone has that much of an impact on your life, it's always going to be more than a temporary feeling. I think, I think there's, there is power in that. It's just trying to find it. But I think for a long time, I waited for it to get better and it didn't. And when I realized it wasn't going to get better, that's when I learned to try to start figuring out how to grow around it. But I'm still learning. I have no idea the best way to do deal with this, but I hope that other people out there that are listening can hear it and know that there are other people out there going through it. Don't, be ashamed to talk about it with people or to let them help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help when you feel it. Because I know if I have a day that I'm, you know, feeling particularly down about it, I even get hesitant to reach out to like my family because I'm like, I don't want to burden them because I feel sad today because today may not be a sad day for them. So it's tricky. There's no other way to go around it. And I said, especially as you get older and you realize there's going to be milestones that they won't be there for. I do believe that they would want us to live it, like live this life outside of a grief bubble no matter what your relationship was with was with the lost person. For anyone else, if you were talking to a room full of people who have also lost a parent, what would be the biggest piece of information you would want them to walk out of that room with? The impact that they made on your life for the time that they were here was not in vain just because they won't be here to finish out their story. Even though it's obviously a shitty situation and I would never wish this upon anyone, you know, I understand that there was, or I at least hope there was some purpose in it. But know that the impact of the time they have with you is not something that anybody can take away from you. It's something I feel like you should revisit and revisit fondly if you have fond memories of them. I know that there are people out there who may have maybe listening and not relate to that um, specifically. But the biggest piece I'd say is so don't discount what they gave to you, even though they weren't here to finish out the story. But that was what they had was their story. And, you know, I also encourage anybody, feel free to reach out to us. Um, happy to talk with anybody that ever needs someone to talk about. It's never an easy thing, but, you know, there are plenty of other people, especially when it comes to cancer, that have gone through what you've gone through and come out on the other side, per se. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't believe there's, like, coming out on the other side of it, but they've, they've traveled through it in a way that could be helpful. So there are a community of people going through what you're going through, regardless of how your situation happened. I appreciate you being vulnerable with me today. Ooh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. <laughs> but I'm glad we talked about it. I, I, I make jokes about it being tough. I am glad and I do hope this helps someone somewhere. Even if it's just one person, I am glad. You know, I'll, I'll summarize it with two that 
me and JP had a lot of conversations before deciding to do this episode about whether or not, you know, I wanted to put this out here in public. And what ultimately got to me, you know, JP was something you said, you said, you know, I know so many people that have had similar stories and don't feel like they have anyone else that they can connect with about it. As difficult as sometimes talking about this is, I do hope that someone out there listening can benefit from it. I think you have grown in just your example of this press will always, will 100% someone will be able to relate to. I have no doubt in that. Um, and I say that as to just reassure you. And I really, really appreciate you talking about it with me because I know for a while you and I, even though we're as close as we are, didn't talk about it. And the fact that, um, I, I mean, I don't always know the right questions. I don't really, I even, even knowing the whole story, don't know how to talk with you sometimes about it. Um, and I would say the same thing for my other friends that have lost a parent as well. It's like either you want to dance around the conversation or you just try not to bring it up or like maybe it's a hard day because I'll never know. How you- and I know it was a different format today with what we were talking about, but we felt like this message was really important, especially with the weekend that we had. But Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wrap it up because I actually have to get JP to the airport, running a little late to get her to her flight. So we are going to wrap today's up, but yeah, thanks for, you know, helping me talk about this. But like I said, if you're out there and you want to talk to someone about it, you can always reach out to us. Otherwise, I hope someone benefits from this. And as always, we'll see you guys next week for hopefully a lighter episode. We got to throw these deep ones in there sometime and I'm going to get JP to the airport. All right. Bye, y'all. All right. Bye, guys. Hey, M&Ms, thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, don't forget to follow or subscribe. If you are feeling super generous, you can even rate and leave a review. Remember, the more we hear from our listeners, the more we can customize our content to your liking. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, so make sure to check us out. A new episode is released every Monday, so set those reminders and we'll see you next week.